Chapter Nine of Book One of the Well at World's End by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: Another Adventure in the Wood Perilous. Ralph left alone pondered a little and thought that he would by no means go hastily to the burg of the Four Thrifts. Said he to himself, "This want way is all unlike to the one near our house at home, for belike adventures shall before here." I will even abide here for an hour or two, but will have my horse by me and keep awake, lest something hap to me unawares. Therewith he whistled for Falcon his horse, and the beast came to him and whinnied for love of him, and Ralph smiled and tied him to a sapling anigh, and himself sat down on the grass, and pondered many things, as to what folk were about at Upmeads, and how his brethren were faring, and it was now about five hours after noon, and the sun's rays fell aslant through the boughs of the noble oaks, and the scent of the grass and bracken, trodden by the horse-hoofs of that company, went up into the warm summer air. A while he sat musing but awake, though the faint sound of a little stream in the dale below mingled with all the lesser noises of the forest did its best to soothe him to sleep again, and presently had its way with him, for he leaned his head back on the bracken, and in a minute or two was sleeping once more, and dreaming some dream made up of masterless memories of past days. When he awoke again, he lay still a little while, wondering where in the world he was. But as the drowsiness left him, he arose and looked about, and saw that the sun was sinking low, and gilding the oak balls red. He stood a while and watched the gambols of three hares, who had drawn nigh him while he slept, and now noted him not. And a little way he saw through the trees a hart and two hinds, going slowly from grass to grass, feeding in the cool eventide but presently he saw them raise their heads and amble off down the slope of the little dale, and therewith he himself turned his face sharply toward the north-west, for he was fine-eared as well as sharp-eyed, and on a little wind which had just arisen came down to him the sound of horse-hoofs once more. So he went up to Falcon and loosed him, and stood by him bridle in hand, and looked to it that his sword was handy to him, and he hearkened, and the sound drew nigher and nigher to him. Then lightly he got into the saddle and gathered the reins in his left hand, and sat peering upon the trodden wood-glades, lest he should have to ride for his life suddenly. Therewith he heard voices talking roughly and a man whistling, and athwart the glade of the wood from the north-east, or thereabout, came new folk, and he saw at once that there went two men a horseback and armed, so he drew his sword and abode them close to the wantways. Presently they saw the shine of his war-gear, and then they came but a little nigher ere they drew rein, and sat on their horses looking toward him. Then Ralph saw that they were armed and clad as those of the company which had gone before. One of the armed men rode a horse-length after his fellow, and bore a long spear over his shoulder, but the other, who rode first, was girt with a sword, and had a little axe hanging about his neck, and with his right hand he seemed to be leading something. Ralph could not see what at first, as his left side was turned toward Ralph and the one way. Now, as Ralph looked, he saw that at the spearman's saddle-bow was hung a man's head, red-haired and red-bearded, for this man now drew a little nigher, and cried out to Ralph in a loud and merry voice, "'Hail, knight! Whither away now, that thou ridest the greenwood sword in hand?' Ralph was just about to answer somewhat, when the first man moved a little nigher, and as he did so, he turned so that Ralph could see what betid on his right hand, and, lo, he was leading a woman by a rope tied about her neck, 
though her hands were loose, as though he were bringing a cow to market. When the men stayed his horse, she came forward and stood within the stack of the rope by the horse's head, and Ralph could see her well, that though she was not to say naked, her raiment was but scanty, for she had naught to cover her save one short and straight little coat of linen, and shoes on her feet. Yet Ralph deemed her to be of some degree, whereas he caught the gleam of gold and gems on her hands, and there was a golden chaplet on her head. She stood now by the horse's head with her hands folded, looking on, as if what was tiding and to betide were but a play done for her pleasure. So when Ralph looked on her, he was silent a while, and the spearman cried out again, Ho, young man, will thou speak, or art thou dumbfounded for fear of us? But Ralph knit his brows, and was first red, and then pale, for he was both wroth, and doubtful how to go to work, but he said, I ride to seek adventures, and here me seemeth is one come to hand, or what will ye with the woman? Said the man who had the woman in tow, Trouble not thine head therewith, will lead her to her due doom. As for thee, be glad that thou art not her fellow, since forsooth thou seemest not to be one of them, so go thy ways in peace. No foot further will I go, said Ralph, till ye loose the woman and let her go, or else tell me what her worst deed is. The man laughed, and said, That were a long tale to tell, and it is little like that thou shalt live to hear the ending thereof. Therewith he wagged his head at the spearman, who suddenly let his spear fall into the rest, and spurred, and drave on at Ralph all he might. There and then had the tale ended, but Ralph, who was wary, though he were young, and had falcon well in hand, turned his wrist and made the horse swerve, so that the men-at-arms missed his attaint, but could not draw rein speedily enough to stay his horse, and as he passed by all bowed over his horse's neck, Ralph gats his sword two-handed, and rose in his stirrups and smote his mightiest, and the sword caught the foeman on the neck betwixt Salat and Jack, and naught held before it, neither leather nor ring-mail, so that the man's head was nigh smitten off, and he fell clattering from his saddle, yet his stirrups held him, so that his horse went dragging him on earth as he galloped over rough and smooth betwixt the trees of the forest. Then Ralph turned about to deal with his fellow, and even through the wrath and fury of the slaying saw him clear and bright against the trees, as he sat handling his axe doubtfully, but the woman was fallen back again somewhat. But even as Ralph raised his sword and pricked forward, the woman sprang as light as a leopard onto the saddle behind the foeman, and wound her arms about him, and dragged him back, just as he was raising his axe to smite her, and as Ralph rode forward she cried out to him, "'Smite him! Smite! O lovely creature of God!' Therewith was Ralph beside them, and though he were loth to slay a man held in the arms of a woman, yet he feared lest the man should slay her with some knife-stroke unless he made haste. So he thrust his sword through him, and the man died at once, and fell headlong off his horse, dragging down the woman with him. Then Ralph lighted down from his horse, and the woman rose up to him, her white smock all bloody with the slain man. Nevertheless, she was as calm and stately before him, as if she was sitting on the dais of a fair hall, so she said to him, "'Young warrior, thou hast done well and knightly, and I shall look to it that thou have thy reward. And now I read thee, go not to the burg of the four thrifts, for this tale of thee shall get about, and they shall take thee, if it were out of the very frithstool, and there for thee should be the scourge and the gibbet. For they of the burg be robbers and murderers merciless. Yet well it were that thou ride hence presently, 
for those be behind my tormentors, whom thou hast slain, who will be as a host to thee, and thou mayest not deal with them. If thou follow my rede, thou wilt take the way that goeth hence east away, and then shalt thou come to Hampton under Scow, where the folk are peaceable and friendly. He looked at her hard as she spake, and noted that she spake but slowly, and turned red and white and red again as she looked at him. But whatever she did, and in spite of her poor attire, he deemed he had never seen woman so fair. Her hair was dark red, but her eyes grey, and light at whiles, and yet as whiles deep. Her lips betwixt thin and full, but yet when she spoke or smiled, clad with all enticements. Her chin round, and so wrought as none was ever better wrought, her body strong and well knit. Tall she was, with fair and large arms, and limbs most goodly of fashion, of which but little was hidden, since her coat was but thin and scanty. But whatever may be said of her, no man would have deemed her aught save most lovely. Now her face grew calm and stately again, as it was at the first, and she laid a hand on Ralph's shoulder, and smiled in his face, and said, Surely thou art fair, though thy strokes be not light. Then she took his hand and caressed it, and said again, Dost thou deem that thou hast done great things, fair child? Maybe, yet some will say that thou hast but slain two butchers, and if thou wouldst say that thou hast delivered me, yet it may be that I should have delivered myself ere long. Nevertheless, hold up thine heart, for I think that greater things await thee. Then she turned about, and saw the dead man, how his feet yet hung in the stirrups as his fellows had done, save that the horse of this one stood nigh still, only reaching his head down to crop a mouthful of grass. So she said, Take him away, that I may mount on his horse. So he drew the dead man's feet out of the stirrups, and dragged him away to where the bracken grew deep, and laid him down there, so to stay hidden. Then he turned back to the lady, who was pacing up and down near the horse, as the beast fed quietly on the cool grass. When Ralph came back, she took the reins in her hand and put one foot in the stirrup, as if she would mount at once, but suddenly lighted down again, and turning to Ralph, cast her arms about him and kissed his face many times, blushing red as a rose meantime. Then lightly she gat her up into the saddle, and bestrode the beast, and smote his flanks with her heels, and went her ways riding speedily toward the south-east, so that she was soon out of sight. But Ralph stood still looking the way she had gone and wondering at the adventure, and he pondered her words, and held debate with himself whether he should take the road she bade him. And he said within himself, Hitherto have I been safe, and have got no scratch of a weapon upon me, and this is a place by seeming for all adventures, and a little way moreover shall I make in the night, if I must needs go to Hampton under Scour, where dwell those peaceable people, and it is now growing dusk already. So I will abide the morning hereby, but I will be wary and let the wood cover me if I may. Therewith he went and drew the body of the slain man down into a little hollow, where the bracken was high and the brambles grew strong, so that it might not be lightly seen. Then he called to him Falcon, his horse, and looked about for cover and neither want way, and found a little thin coppice of hazel and sweet chestnut, just where two great oaks had been felled a half-score years ago, and looking through the leaves thence, he could see the four ways clear enough, though it would not be easy for any one to see him thence. Thither he betook him, and he did the reign of Falcon, but tethered him by a halter in the thickest of the copse, and sat down himself nigher to the outside thereof. He did off his helm, 
and drew what meat he had from out his wallet, and ate and drank in the beginning of the summer night, and then sat pondering a while on what had befallen on this second day of his wandering. The moon shone out presently, little clouded, but he saw her not, for though he strove to wake a while, slumber soon overcame him. And nothing waked him, till the night was passing, nor did he see aught of that company of which the lady had spoken, and which in sooth came not. End of chapter 9